Hey, hello, welcome back. How is everybody? It's been raining. It's been a bit grim around these parts. I don't know about you lot. I mean, I know there's people in other countries listening to this, um, some of which are in France, and I'm coming to see you soon, and I can't fucking wait. So look forward to that. South of France, Marseille in particular is where we are heading. Snorkels in tow, adventures to be had and gathered. Kids are excited, we're excited. Bit of trepidation about getting on the plane and all that. And <clears throat> I'm not sure what what this situation is. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's masks and bleach and all that stuff. But um, I have heard other sort of angles where people are saying no, they're just piling us on and not a lot's changed so we'll see but can't wait for that um and i'm sure the summer although we've probably had it in lockdown in march and april will show its face at some point um but i was lucky enough people who were listening last week and also disclaimer i'm i'm it's half past six in the morning at the time of me talking to you now <clears throat> on friday morning is it friday yeah, the 10th. I've had a lot on my mind, um, a lot of things going on in life, personal life. <clears throat> Never mind fucking global pandemics. Um, yeah, just a little bit of trouble sleeping, thinking things through. Looking forward to this holiday, as I say. But I thought I'd get in here and um, get a good day in today of catching up on podcast stuff and getting prepped up before I go on holiday. Um, so I am in here early, although this time I have brought my coffee with me. Um, and it's going down nice at the moment, so there you go. Yeah, so a bit shitty, bit grim, bit grey. Seasonal disorder sets in. Um, kids climbing the walls, but we did manage to get out last week. I did intros and bits and bobs for Savannah's episode on the Sunday when we were actually going out before the Monday release last week. Um, and we had a stroke of luck. We went over to Leicestershire, which again... We seem to be fucking renegades in the face of coronavirus because I was told as I was on my way there that, oh, Leicester's like the fucking lockdown of coronavirus and all that. <clears throat> I mean, luckily where we were going, it's a place um, outside bef- before you get to Leicester from kind of Nottingham side uh, called Swithland Wood. And it's kind of a sanctuary, deer sanctuary situation, like a like a big National Trust park kind of thing. And it's a good one to take the kids to because you don't have to hike too far. You can carry them if you need to. Um, there's undulations, but you're not just going uphill. Um, and there's sort of little enclosed woods within the meadows where the deers and stuff are in the res- reservoir. So we um, we snuck around and found ourselves a good spot late on in the day. And it was beautiful. And the weather stayed off and we actually had sunshine. A bit windy. But um, it was bright and the kids loved it and we had our own little pocket of woods and it was amazing and that was a real um, godsend in a couple of weeks of shit weather and being stuck in the house and kids climbing the walls and trying to manage screen time and manage your own shit. And yeah, it's caught up a little bit, I think, in the last couple of weeks, but I do think it must be something to do with how long we've all been sort of cooped up but also I definitely think it's to do with the weather you know because when we can get outside we're outside we're walking we're going places we're doing things the sun's shining the colours are brighter everything's just better um but there you go we live in England and John Lennon once said you know you get your tan from standing in the English rain sitting in an English garden waiting for the sun to come but the sun don't come <laughs> we're here in wacky times we live in um 
but no, all good. Looking forward to that holiday. So as I say, I'm cracking on in here, get a few bits done. This episode that's coming today, which I'll tell you more about in a moment, is an exciting one for me because it connects a lot of dots on on my my journey of sort of leaving mainstream and finding community and information and news and just uh, whatever the... I think it was seven, is it seven or eight hours a day? I think the studies said that Americans watch television in like the fucking 70s or something. It was like seven hours a day. Um, and obviously what they do, we do. <clears throat> and I think we do watch some crazy amount like that. And, and making the transition from mainstream, agenda-driven, you know, censored um, kind of demographic-driven just television stuff people in makeup talking to auto cues and you know selling products and saying things they don't believe and all that making that adjustment and moving across to the internet and just thinking of something you enjoy and finding it on youtube or wherever or a podcast and then the rabbit hole opens up because that guy talks to that guy and introduces you to that thing and before you know it you're fucking you know you've you know 15 years later 12 years later whatever it is and you've created a whole new perspective and a whole new world and magical things happen. So we'll get to that. Sponsors, <clears throat> can you fucking believe that I, you probably can by now, people have listened to this podcast for long enough. I fucked up and when I contacted Kieran about some CBD at Go Deep, sponsor, shout out, GoDeepFlotationTherapy.com, um, I contacted him because I knew from watching the pages and you know, following on with what was happening in terms of reopening and stuff, it was going to be busy, busy, busy. And uh, I got in touch and he made it possible for me to get in there early and, he, and give me some CBD so I could use that and review it and tell you guys about it and point you to it and so on. And he set it up for me, just sort of, we were just in a, in a back and forth in message, which is another thing I'm going to get to, um, communicating in messages, but again, I'll stay where I am for now. Um and he set it up for me, and I fucking totally forgot. <laughs> I totally forgot, so I missed out on my float, missed out on grabbing the CBD, missed out, more importantly, on catching up with with uh, Kieran and Annie and, you know, and their little boy and just catching up and human contact and fucking, you know, a little bit of love. So I do apologise, and I will reschedule with... With them, um, but now I shall happily wait my turn in the long queue of people who want to remedy their their selves. So that, um, yeah, there you go. That's me. Um, but yeah, go deep flotation. You can book in. So search them on Google. Go deep flotation. Dot com. Code word chew. You'll get ten percent off your float. I, th- I haven't spoken to Kieran yet about what we're going to do about CBD. Whether you get a discount on that, or if he's got a discount running or not, because I fucked up and didn't go there and have me chat with him and blah blah blah. But I will do. But in the meantime, ten percent off will definitely get you in your float that little bit cheaper. Um, and you can have a chat with Kieran, who's a friend of the podcast. And you know, and if you are a listener, I know people have been and had chats, and he's had lovely chats with people via this podcast, which is a wonderful, beautiful thing, which ties back into what I just said about. You know, starting to seek out your own entertainment, news and basically information world. Basically unplugging the USB out of the mainstream, you know, culture's hard drive and plugging it into your own little independent one. So he's really enjoyed that. I've enjoyed it. And yeah, it's been really cool. So get yourself over to GoDeepFlotation.com. Book in 10%. 
chew code word sponsors again it's a fucking similar story with with lincolnshire cryo lab <laughs> oh dear matt got in touch with me i've been trying to line it up with matt and again i don't want to fucking blame other things because i am what i am but I've just fucking been really busy not doing a lot but doing loads. I think meaning your general routine got shattered back in March, you know, and it's been a weird time for a lot of people because although you've not been at work, the help the government have given with things like furlough and for people like me in self-employed situations, you know, there's been certain um, grants and things like that that have helped to keep you going but mainly just not spending money like you used to has been weird. So you've been out of all this time on your hands and you haven't been, you know, we certainly haven't been too worried about, oh my God, you know, in this moment at least, maybe the future's a bit different, but in this moment we're all right. We've got the food in. We don't seem to be spending loads of money. And I've been delving into the podcast and as people know, who've followed the podcast from its inception early on or jumped on in the last couple of months, you know, we've brought the video in and we've upgraded a lot of the just the, the general branding and just everything, as you do, as you get better at things. Um, so that's been really cool. But I have just fucking seemed to have lost my rhythm. I train at home anyway, which isn't too bad. So training is not so bad. I just train early in the morning, get up, just do 15 minutes most mornings, not every morning. That's been fine. So I've kept my mental health somewhere near. But trying to keep up with... Um, obviously floating was out the window yoga for me went out the window and again in all honesty I tried to do a couple of online classes and stuff and I just haven't fucking done it and I, I was up to like just about two years nearly getting on for two years just over a year and a year and a half somewhere in between a year and a half and two years of yoga hot yoga and I was feeling fucking great just not just in my body and in my joints and in my you know my ability to be flexible and all that but like in my head the discipline of going the discipline of the breathing, the discipline of like just fucking knowing that, you know, you just fucking know. You go through your life, whether you do things or you don't do things. Do you eat healthy? Do you do exercise? Do you go for walks in the woods? You know, do you fucking conduct healthy relationships with people? Do you avoid toxicity and so on and negativity? You just know some things are really good for you. And when I was doing yoga, it's like, shit, man, I'm, I've been keeping this up. And, and, you know, whatever I think I'm getting in this very moment, I just know the accumulative effect of doing this consistently. It's just so good for me on every level. And now I'm not doing it, I can feel like shit. But I've got no excuses because you've got YouTube on your fucking telly in the front room. And all you can got to do is just type in, I don't know, you can even go as detailed as intermediate yoga class, you know, advanced yoga class, beginner's yoga class, novice yoga class. And you can just have a yoga instructor in front of you with the music, the full gambit, and just do it. I haven't done it, so no excuses, but um, Cryo did come back into the game, uh, probably getting on for about a month ago now, and I've been trying to line it up, and I was going to go on my own, but I always like to try and take somebody for two reasons. Number one, people I come across in the real world that I chat to, or people that message me through to the chat podcast here, you know, show an interest and a desire. I always try and work it out that I can take them. So if you are listening to this and you are local and you or you fancy the travelling to the East Midlands and you fancy it, I'll happily go along with you because it's beautiful, it's amazing and I love seeing people experience it. And I've been trying to set that up. I think as I mentioned on the last podcast, I've got a neighbour who had a tricky car crash a long time ago and he's got all sorts of issues with um, chronic fatigue and just atrophy of power um and matt was like look come down i'll get you in and we'll, you know and 
I fucking, he says it's busy and I've just not managed to get it going on. So fuck's sake. And now they're having a refurb. So I've been telling you guys that it's been so busy down there and Matt's been so gracious in saying it would get me in, squeeze me in somewhere somehow. And I haven't done it. Um, <clears throat> but he he announced yesterday or maybe the day before that they're having a refurb now. So um, that's going to be really cool. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's another chamber in there in the next 12 months because I know what Matt's like and he's a beast for just advancing and growing and learning and improving. Um so I will tell you where to go <laughs> and what to do. And that is get yourself to lincolnshirecryolab.co.uk, which is a um, it's an element of Function First Fire Academy because they are an academy that is one of the most advanced in the world. They've got flotation therapy. They've got cryotherapy. They've got the Fight Academy. They've got Self-Defense Academy. They've got mini vipers up to cadets from five-year-olds up to senior to the fight team who belt holding fight team in the mma scene you know they've now got jiu-jitsu as not just as part of the mma but as straight gi jiu-jitsu they're a beast of an academy with a wonderful philosophy and anybody who's listened to episode one and two will know that matt is just a super colorful dude an ex-punk rocking traveler who went around europe starting free parties and just congregating people putting them together and celebrating life and freedom and that is what the academy is all about so i wanted to just put that back across because i feel like a right numpty for not pulling my finger out of my arse and getting on and making these things happen but i will get back to it i'm going to treat this holiday as a kind of reset i've got work on again in the real world podcast is picking up now we're kind of every week now pretty consistently so i'm gonna get my head on in that sense um so head over there lincolnshire dot uh, sorry lincolnshire cryolab.co.uk code word chew you will get 10 percent off and you will get to meet matt and the lovely people down there and fucking get frozen man for three minutes and come out of there like wondering what the fuck how do i feel like this and what is going on you know and it is different for everybody so check it out Okay, um, today's episode is with Stu Whiffin. Now, I've talked about Stu in the past before. Pod Bible I always talk about, and I'll sort of bring them into this and tie them in. Normally I mention Pod Bible and the magazine and get yourself over there if you're a podcast fan because they are the enemy of our podcast world. You know, they're putting the interviews together with the great cover stars and the great interviews with... What some of the biggest podcasters, some of the newest podcasters, some of the most interesting podcasts, you know, they're, a, they're a, a hub for everything that's going on podcasts in the world, but obviously in the UK. And Stu is one of the, is the, one of the founding directors of Three Directors, um, and he is also the host of the Hardcore Listing Podcast, which uh, for listeners to this show, if you haven't heard, I, I did an episode on there. I don't know what number it was. Fuck knows. I think it was called, the title of it was Five Human Defining Documentaries. And the idea with their podcast is, is you, you have a top five. And the podcast is generally just a silly laugh. It's just two guys, Stu Whiffin and Chris Glasson, just having a complete blast and being silly and... You know, their long-term friendship just comes across. And I think for listeners like me and probably you who've got, you know, that banter with your long-time friends that you can say things to that you can't say to other people in the world, that comes across. They have loads of fun. It's always loving. It's always compassionate. And um, the top fives can be anything from just fucking mad, ridiculous shit. Like, you know, I think um, 
one of the cast of This Is England was on there and he talked, was it, I forget his name. Oh, fucking Jesus. I say I'll link it in. I say that on every fucking episode and I don't. But one of the kids, the fat kid, is it Gadget? The, the chunky kid from uh, the funny one who um, always had the shell suit on in, in uh, This Is England. He was on and he did like top five shit dinners that were really amazing, you know, when you were a kid. So shit like um, cheesy beans and fucking chicken nuggets and chips and stuff like that and like crazy toasted sandwiches and shit you just put together that was fucking terrible really, but it was great. So you've got like a spectrum from there right on to like um, uh, Ed Scrine was on there. Ed Scrine obviously at this point, Hollywood superstar. I think he came to light through Plan B and being one of his friends and being a rapper and being part of that whole sort of you know, rap grime thing from London. Um, and he was super graceful, you know, and he did an episode of top five. I think he, I think it was top five emotional lyrics from rap songs. And that was really fucking good, man. It was brilliant. And I'm not a massive rap fan. You know, I was around when a lot of it kicked off and listened to a lot of it vicariously through friends of mine's older brothers. And I, I remember Cypress Hill and, Run DMC and um, Ice Cube and I remember Menace to Society coming out of the films and, you know, all that stuff was was great. But listening to him talking about it kind of shed a new light on it, you know, for coming from the emotional side as opposed to the kind of, you know, the more um, bling side of things or, or the struggle, you know, the murder and, and so on. So that was a really interesting episode. But anyway... It's a fucking great podcast, Hardcore Listing, and they've just hit one million downloads, and I think they're in their third year. They're somewhere around three years, and they do an episode every week, and they've got fucking gangs of Patreon stuff. And I am a Patreon, but I'm a stingy Patreon at, like, fucking one or two pounds or something like that. And I only send that across because I just really appreciate what they do. I'm a Patreon of a few podcasts, um, and... They've just hit a million downloads. How fucking mental is that? If you think about that, it's fucking mad, you know. It's crazy. So really chuffed for them for that. And um, we are going to get Chris Stew's sidekick on at some point. He agreed to it. Now he's famous for not being a podcast fan and not listening to podcasts, even though one of his best friends in Mr. Scroobius Pip is like, you know, one of the premier UK podcast um, people that there is around at this moment with a network, the Distraction Pieces, and I think there's something like six or seven podcasts on there. So it's always funny listening to Chris talk about how he doesn't listen to podcasts. But um, he has agreed to come on here and I'm going to hold him to it. So that'll be interesting. But Stuart also has Off The Beaten Track podcast, which is a it's a musical podcast where musicians or comedians or you know generally any kind of art if create, creatist, um, artist creative comes on and discusses in the kind of a format of like Desert Island Discs. So they have like a series of questions and the first one I think is you know what's the best intro you know what you tell us what you what's the best intro that's affected you and what was the record you know that defines your school years and it goes on like that you know um and it's really really good it's nice and short and sweet I think it's like 45 minute episodes um there's none of this shit where Stu's just spilling his guts to you about shite he's just fucking clean crisp in out and it's um it's really really good and i just listened to jason williamson sleaford mods recently um billy no mates who's an up-and-coming girl who's um she's been really good on it um there's just been there's there's been episode i mean it just seems to be getting 
better and better and better. I mean, Gordon Smart was on there, who's the journalist who I think is ex ex um, ex radio these days. Uh, I remember him from back in the days when I used to still fucking buy a tabloid and fucking dilute my mind with shite. Not to not Gordon like, but and I'm sure he'd say the same. Um, Grant Grant uh, Grant from Grant Nicholas from Feeder was on there recently. Um, Asylums, Orlando Weeks, who's obviously, um, I think he was, was he in, I'm sure he was in the Maccabees, wasn't he? Yeah, him and his brother. Um, James Lawson, Terry Edwards, um, Lamar was on there recently, James Acaster, who's obviously having a real run with his podcast at the minute off menu. So yeah, Dan Lassac recently, it's just a great podcast and if you love music and you love getting behind the curtain of people that you enjoy or people that you don't know yet and what inspired them it's always nice to to recognize that oh yeah we're all the fucking same they just listened to that record love that drum beat nicked it and then fucking you know remembered that they used to listen to Lamal and then blah blah and it all comes together it's nice it's wonderful but Stu between running the pod bible mag doing the hardcore listing the off the beaten track podcast he also does like the the pod bible podcast which we've talked about a lot on here which is like a little bite-sized 20 minute kind of kudos of what's happening in podcast world and it's listeners kind of um insight to podcasters who are giving their top fives or giving you know um interviews on why they started their podcast or which podcasts influence them so it's great a little 20 minute so it's great for like the end of journeys if you're commuting which we haven't been doing a lot of recently but when you do start again you know and you get to the, the end of your Joe Rogan three-hour fucking podcast you've been listening to for the last three days and you've got 20 minutes left. It's great to drop on Pod Bible and before you know it, you're clicking on something else and you've found a new podcast. So he's busy and on top of that, he's been working at the Pink Toothbrush nightclub in Essex, which is the longest-running alternative nightclub in the UK, um, DJing and working there in some capacity for like 30 years. I mean, long enough that... Once upon a time, they booked Radiohead for £50 to do a show. So he's a busy, busy boy. And he's also a doting and caring dad and husband and tells a funny story in this podcast about the first time he sort of recognises that his wife um, pays attention to him. And it's a funny clip. We've actually clipped that bit on YouTube so you can check that out. Um, So, yeah, this is a great episode. And what I mentioned earlier in this intro about how it kind of relates to leaving the television behind and creating a world and sort of feeling the magic tangibly was I happened to listen to Scroobius Pip on the Joe Rogan experience. I don't know how long ago it was. It must have been six years ago, something like that. And whenever there's an English lad on there, and even back in the days, you know, way, way long ago, um, whenever I heard anyone English on there, I would always be really intrigued because you know, it's an American podcast. And back then, not that many people were paying attention to like the American, I, I used to send that podcast to loads of my friends, especially males, because I was like, man, you've got to listen to this fucking podcast because it's amazing, the conversations. And and a few of my friends tried it. Oh, I can't handle the fucking American accent. He's doing me head in like, just fucking dude this and dude that. And I, I was like, oh, wow, I get it. If you're not digging it, you're not digging it. But um, whenever I heard anybody English, I was even more kind of like, oh, wow. And Scroobius Pip was on there. And it was interesting because they talked about him having a speech impediment and stuff, but he was a spoken word poet and then goes on to be a music artist doing kind of spoken word with the glitchy beats and stuff. 
and he spoke really well and he was really informed on a lot of things and including MMA and obviously for people who know Rogan he's an MMA commentator and it was really interesting hearing an English lad be quite well versed in, in that stuff because again that was something I couldn't really find outside of my gym um, So and even there it was a boxing club and people were a little bit kind of you know it's a bit left and right with MMA and boxing back then it was like you know, fucking around, rolling around on the floor. That's ah, not proper fighting box, you know, so it was weird. But finding Scroobius Pip was great because Rogan, I think it was Rogan who actually said to him, you need to do a podcast, man. You talk brilliantly. You've got so much weird shit happening to say you've got a speech impediment and, you know, and you're working for this radio company and you're doing it for them. Why don't you just do it for yourself? And he did. And it happened at a time when I went across to Thailand. I was literally moving to Thailand. I listened to that Joe Rogan podcast like as I was preparing to move. And as we moved... Scroobius Pip popped up with the Distraction Pieces podcast and it was fucking brilliant and it kind of soundtracked my whole year away like I listened it was like my little kind of anchor to England was listening to to Scroobius Pip's kind of journey start and um, getting to know his stuff and yeah and come the end of that year I had actually come back to England because it, it didn't work out and um, we'll get to that in a future podcast but um we came back and at Christmas he did like a Christmas rap kind of the year in review kind of podcast. And he just said, look, I'm going to get a couple of my mates on. You don't know them. Um, you might fucking hate them. Um, but we're just going to get pissed up and talk about what films we've watched. You know, the MMA, fucking comedy shows, you know, just put the year in review and just have a jolly basically. And I listened to that and it was fucking brilliant. I really enjoyed it. And like I'd been intrigued by Scrooby's Pip, you know, English lads who, who were well versed on the... American comedy and podcast and MMA culture. I was like, this is brilliant. And these two other kids were, um, I call them kids, fellow fucking young men were um, Stu Whiffin and Chris Glasson. And they did maybe, I don't know, maybe as little as three or four versions of that junk cast where they just appeared on Scroob's podcast and then they set up their own hardcore listing and they just hit a million downloads. So what a fucking wonderful thing and and once they set up obviously I started listening to them um and I at the time I was in a music project and we were signed to a little label from down south these guys are all down from Essex and we were signed to a label from down that way and um the lad who signed us uh Cutler Rock who was part of the big beat um movement kind of the whole big beach thing with Fatboy Slim and all that back in the days I think they were kind of connected to Stu in some way through promotion and stuff. And I noticed that they were kind of, um, when I um, became friends with Stu and Chris and that, I realised that Stu and, and um, Cutler Rock were kind of mutual friends that I, we had. And I was like, oh, wow, that, would, you, would you believe it? You know, fucking following you a lot and you, you know, anyway, blah, blah, blah. And then we sent some lovely messages and, you know, a poignant episode happened to the hardcore listening. I just sent a nice direct message to them because it had an effect on me. And Stu was really courteous and come back to me and said, oh, that's really nice to know. And, Turns out, oh, we've got, you know, and then I bump into Scroobius Pip and Chris at a Polaris Jiu-Jitsu event in London at the Indigo O2. And, you know, it was weird because Pip was there, and but Chris was there. But at the time, I was balls deep in hardcore listening. So I was like, all right, Pip, and it's cool to meet you. And like, Chris, fucking hell, the podcast is great. <laughs> so that was weird. So there was just these little serendipitous moments that kind of synchronised. And, and over time, you know, when I decided to start my podcast, I just thought one day, oh, you know, Pod Bible's up and running with Stu by this point and Scrooby's Pip and uh, Adam Richardson. And I thought, oh, I'll just fucking reach out and see, you know. And I had that thing that we all have where I'd, I've been wanting, I did my first podcast in 2012, right? 
um, my brother had set up a, a like one of these back in back in the days when being woke was starting to become a thing and waking its way from America to here. Um, my brother set up a website called Primate Movement, which was kind of an alternative news website, which was kind of dealing with you know, sort of independent news and conspiracy theories and, um, you know, just a really interesting little hub. And he was putting that together and I was helping him, you know, kind of develop it on Facebook and sharing it and stuff like that. And um, we said, you know what, we should do a podcast. We should do a primate movement podcast and just discuss stories that you've shared and things that are happening in the world. And we did it. And they were in Thailand at the time. I was in England and we did it via Skype and recorded it and everything. And the actual music that I... Um, composed and recorded for that podcast, the Primate Movement, um, which is what the music is called, is the, is the music, the very same recording that is on the Chew the Chat podcast. So there's a little tie-in for you. That little uh, that little bit of music I did for that Primate Movement podcast, it's called the Primate Movement, the music, <clears throat> and now it's on this podcast. But again, I digress, verbose, I apologise. Um, so yeah, over the time, I've ended up sort of going back and forth with, with Stu here and there, and then when it did the pod bible, it was like I've got to reach out and just find out if I'm going to get on with this podcast, you know, I'd have to do something with it, I'm going to have to put it somewhere and advertise it somehow, and I've refused, and to this day I refuse to pay for advertising on any social media or YouTube or any of that. It just, I'm not doing it and I haven't done it. And we've got humble little numbers on there. I think we're, we're slowly getting past 200 on Instagram. I don't even bother with Facebook. I've got a Twitter. There is a Twitter and a Facebook. But all I do is feed them from the Instagram. I only post on Instagram. I fucking hate Facebook. It's the, it's the bane of so much in the way of issues in the world. It's all, you know, it's got, it's, it's got its good points as well and there's a lot of connectivity and there's a lot of healthy usage of it but generally it's just fucking an echo chamber of madness twitter i just don't understand so i'm a luddite there and i've just fucking tried to understand it can't be bothered but the instagram and the youtube is where we're we're you know actively trying to build that and it's difficult building and so i thought right I'll get. I'll speak to Pod Barb and see what the situation is, and you know. And Stu was really cool. He just rang me up, and we had a chat, and he remembered who I was, and we connected some dots, and we ended up chatting about the twenty minutes before we got into the Pod Barb about breastfeeding and MMA and fucking blah blah blah. So that was really nice, and we hit it off lovely. And since then, you know, I've kind of had the time to reflect and go, isn't it fucking strange how it works? You know, you turn the telly off, you know. And then just delve into something that you actually want to see. Not just, well, out of these four things that somebody's put on for some kind of reason, I'm going to watch one of them. It's like, no, I'll just find something. And then it's led this weaving path to the point where this episode you're about to listen to is Stu Whiffin in our studio via Zoom doing this podcast. So I think I've carried on fucking long enough. I've given you a fucking backstory long enough so we're going to crack on with it i'm going to play you um some music from Stu himself he was signed in a band in the 90s in a couple of bands actually two bands and you'll, you'll hear about this as the podcast goes along um one of which was ricky gervais was his manager which was interesting but the music i'm going to play you is actually um from his second band lilo and the track is called perfect crash and I think it's fucking really, really good. It's, it's of its time. It's got that sweeping kind of wall of sound, grunge, shoegazy kind of Americana vibe to it. You know, that it's very, it's got that 
yeah, there's a definite American influence there, and it's it's powerful, man. It's sweeping, and I, I really enjoyed listening to it, and it took me back to that period entirely. So, this is Lilo with the track "Perfect Crash." I think it was released in 1997. And without further ado, this is episode number 21 of the Chew the Chat podcast with Stu Whiffin. Head on, headstrong To the perfect crash Sweet song belong It's a perfect crash Your man's my friends In this perfect crash Drive fast and last It's a perfect crash Yeah. 
How you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right, thanks, mate. Yeah, I'm. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. Start. I mean, we 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 spoke briefly before we press record that uh, it does seem like you know a lot of a lot of parts of the UK are starting to kind of start that journey to resume normality of whatever that normality is going to be, and it, and it feels nice. It feels. I'm cautious, but it feels nice, you know, just mm. to kind of start to be able to kind of reconnect with people. Because I think fundamentally, Sam, that's been the thing certainly I've I've missed the most, and I think a lot of people have. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that's, that are quite solitary that that have already, you know, lived, lived a very quiet life already. But for me, I like I like people. Like mm. and 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 I find it really strange not being around lots of people and and being and, and being able to just kind of you see someone and you know I'm a hugger yeah you know? I like to hug yeah. people and stuff like that and so it's yeah it's weird like just kind of mm. but you know me me missing hugging people's a, a, a blip in the the whole landscape of this this madness you know whatever well it is. i hope so I mean, Stu. Yeah. i hope so because you know it's how like you say how we do slip back into whatever the new normal is you know what, what that tactile nature of things i hope we don't lose but there is a lot of paranoia isn't there and it's been a difficult one and i imagine for you as well you know i think everybody's experienced even in your close circles some people are really really paranoid and worried and alarmed yeah. some people are really kind of just relaxed and crack on as normal i've been kind of more the other and trying to be mindful and respectful of everyone around but i think it's definitely a mindful and i think again before we started you mentioned they opened the shopping centers to start opening primark and all of a sudden people who were in my experience some people who've been creeping around and been really kind of cautious straight to the front of the queue and cracking on so it's weird i think we'll see that that side of things I'm kind of torn on. It's like, you know, if they can manage to keep it at whatever distance, you know, is the distance it has to be by the time this pod comes out, then then great. You know, if people can manage it and, and, and do it safely. Because I do also think these crazy big queues, I look at it initially and think, really, how bad do you need a pair of pants? Mm. You know, like, mm. but <laughs> I'm also mindful that the wheels of the economy also have to start yeah, turning. Yeah, totally, yeah. And and so, you know, it's not all about the money, of course, but, you know, I do think, you know, industry has to start moving again because, you know, that m- my industry's at a standstill, you know, and, mm. you know, th- th- I, 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 there's nothing more I'd like to do than open the doors to my club, but I won't do it. Why? Mm. Why it's not safe to do so, you know? Well, at that point, then, I'm going to bring the listeners in on, you know, Stu Whiffin. So you are a man of... Uh, many trades at this point for master sure master of absolutely <laughs> none mate <laughs> very humble as well um, but one of the pub bible founders yeah um, mm-hmm. obviously host of hardcore listing podcast with Chris Glasson 
which is yep. how I sort of came across you sort of after Scroobius Pip and the Traction Pieces podcast. And then you've gone on to do Off the Beaten Track, which is just smashing it. That just seems to be going from strength to strength to strength. Um, the Pink Toothbrush, legendary alternative club, I think the longest running in, in the UK, is it? It is, it is, yeah. Fiercely proud of that. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know, and dad, husband, and as you mentioned in this time, industry slowing down, and you've obviously got the club, and you're used to being around those people in the club at the weekends. But what I have noticed is you've not sat around, have you? Because you were producing fucking content in this time. You've just been pumping stuff out. Thing is, Sam, it's like, um, thanks for that intro, by the way. Yeah. That's really kind of you. Yeah. Um, Amazing. But, um, but, but, but yeah, I, I think that the one thing that, as, as soon as it was told that. You know, we're in lockdown. You know, this is what's happening. I, like, I guess so many other people had knee-jerk reactions of, like, shit. You know, I didn't then think I was going to go and dust off my guitar and, and write, you know, my, my, my difficult second concept album, you know. I was like, right, what can I do? And it was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed that I've got a little space at the end of the garden where I, I can record stuff. So I was like, right, well, I'm just going to kind of really crack on and just... And, and just record podcasts and radio shows. I, you know, I started instead of opening the club doors, I'd, I'd record shows instead, and mm-hmm. then you know, put them out at nine o'clock on a Friday night and a Saturday night, and and give you know people an opportunity to still listen to the music. And and every club was doing it. Every DJ was doing live streams. Everyone was doing. You know, we'd done it with Scroobius and that we was doing like quizzes. Oh, the and, quizzes were immense know, with Bang Boom and stuff. And, they were brilliant. Like, you know, we we had lots of fun with that, but. I mean, I've got a level with you. I'm a bit quizzed out now. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. done with the quizzes, you know, not putting them together, but just doing quizzes because every <laughs> Saturday night would be a, a quiz on Zoom with, you know, with our friends that we couldn't see. Yeah. But the the, 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 the podcast side of things and, and, and doing that for, for no other reason than to keep my brain busy. Yeah. Um, because if if I didn't do that and just kept thinking, right, how can I try and make the most positive use of time in in a very negative time how how can i do that and if i didn't do that i think i would have stir crazy gone stir crazy and probably got quite low quite quickly yeah um because yeah i just think that if you i mean i i'll try and run every day that was something that i sort of was trying to do like well i say like most people but like a lot of people for the first sort of two three weeks you know, it was getting a seven o'clock, and I was like, "Right, fuck it, I'm having a beer." And oh, well, you know, on that note, <laughs> <laughs> on that cheers, note, buddy. cheers. <laughs> but you know, I, I was getting into you know a little bit of holiday mode because you know my, my wife, my wife got made redundant as soon as it kicked in in the most corrupt way ever, and so you know we was all about, and and so y- y- yeah, we just fell quite quickly into like. Oh, let's let's open a bottle of wine and and you I know think, I think everyone done that, didn't they? Yeah, but there's no right or wrong yeah. way of d- dealing with it because they're uncharted waters. We've never been here before. Yeah, like, totally, yeah. And and I was podcasting with someone this morning, and I asked them how they've been, you know, been getting on, and they've been making music, and uh, and he was like, "Look, I've got to be honest with you." He said, "Like, there's no rule book, like, and whatever you're doing, if you're getting out of bed in the morning." And you're getting through the day, and you feel okay when you get back into bed. Keep doing that, I like you know. That. And I, I was like, that. "Yeah, that's that's that makes sense." Yeah, you know. Totally. And 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 yeah, and and my way of dealing with that was, 
just recording lots of podcasts and and you know, really like trying to sort of get better at things like graphic design so I could do some artwork and things. I mean, you, you know, mm. I, I look at what you do with this podcast, Sam, and like the visually the stuff that comes across on your social media, it, it, it all looks so good. Thank you, you know, Stuart. Like the Appreciate video that. content, and that, it looks, looks so brilliant. And it's like, you know, I want to get better at doing things like that. And so it was like, I, yeah, I'm just going to... I nearly hit you up, actually, because I noticed you've on the Insta post, you've got those kind of moving motion things happening now that are really cool. I, I, yeah. I kept meaning to get around and saying, what are you using for that? That looks real cool. Witchcraft. Oh, okay. Aiden, <laughs> make a note of that. Witchcraft. <laughs> Producer Aiden's behind Paul McCartney there, behind us. Oh, Aiden. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's helping out. I mean, similar to you for, for my story, Stu. I mean, I've, I spoke to you at the beginning of this as well, didn't I? Um, when we sort of lining up hardcore listing when I came over to you. Um, for me, it was a case of the same thing. I had this little space, dive in here and make this sort of upgrade to bring in mine into, I always had an idea of bringing this into sort of the video format because I did a bit of graphic design earlier and liked the idea of using it and then fell on my feet with young Aidan who, who was just, Willie just wants to gobble up experiences and he's, you know, he's just come in and he's that young energy and vision and he knows all the apps and I'm like a Luddite, but he squares me off and yeah, it's working out really nice. And thank you for saying saying that coming across your way that way as well. That's nice. That's really nice. Well, I think um, one of the other things that, that I, I noticed quite quickly as well that, that seems to be disappearing that, that is kind of weirding me out a little bit. And at first, when I go out for a morning run, like maybe say like you know a week two weeks in wherever i went i firstly and most importantly there was no airplanes in the sky there was no cars on the road and it was beautiful yeah it was peaceful yeah. and so i'd try and go running quite early in the morning and uh and then what i noticed was i don't know if you you ever have a run um but if you run past another runner you'll normally get a nod or a morning or a wave and that was still the case. But then there would be people walking dogs or walking on the other side of the road that would kind of give you a wave. That would never have given you a wave, you know, in uh, in February. Mm. But I think they were so starved of that human connection that they were getting it where they could. I was seeing more and more people when I was running, sort of standing at the end of people's drives, like, you know, just chatting to neighbours because they missed interaction and connection and i think that was something that that was really nice to see that you know it reminded us that we do need other people and we do need you know different conversations and opinions and and chat mm. and, uh, and and that was lovely to see but what i have noticed as we're starting to kind of move back into i guess a, a normality of sorts that people are starting to retract again into their kind of my world, my life, you know, and and not be quite so, you all right over there? Morning. Like, yeah. And yeah. all of a sudden, heads are down a bit, a little bit more, and, and it, it seems like they're just getting on with their, their run. People on the other side of the road would probably look at me again like I was a lunatic if I would have called out, good morning, do you know what yeah. I mean? And, and I, you know, I must also stress that that's, I, I live in a very kind of busy area of Essex, whereas... As soon as you find yourself in smaller villages and that 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 mentality just seems to go and and it's really weird because when I'm on holiday, 
you know, I'll say it to my wife, we go to Scotland or the lakes or, or Wales and you're in these, you know, beautiful places and these little villages and everybody says hey. Mm-hmm. And and it's like, why does that have to kind of, you know, stop when we drive out of this village? Why, you know, why, why don't people just still say hello? We, we, we've looked at that a couple of times on this podcast and I've had Aidan drag up, there's a, there's a, um, there was some research done. It was done on mice and rats in like the late 50s, early 60s. And it was all about like behavioural um, responsibility and how we have a diminished responsibility and or we, we the hive kind of behavioural patterns change when there's more and more numbers, you know? And I always get that feeling when I go into London, you know, like you go into London and it's, fucking so fast and I always but you're kind of alone with everybody but I don't know what the more numbers there seems to be we seem to be on higher alert for some reason sort of in, in more fight or flight mode whereas yeah like you say in the little villages you go in people know one another's names and there's a whole flip side to that because you say you know village mentality and you can't fart without you know Derek saying something in the post office and there's we'll have a whinge about that but like you've just pointed out and you know, I think we're all feeling that in this time, as we start to get back to new normal, you'd like to think we would take some of those, which I think everybody's felt that, that you've just expressed, you know, the feeling of like, oh, well, yeah, we're talking to each other. And actually, I do. I've spoke to my neighbor I've lived next door to for nine years. And it's the first time I spoke to him. You're like, yeah. but will we learn and will we bring any of this forward? Will we get back on at eight days a week? Or will we say, you know what, I don't need to do the Saturday. I'm going to stay home with the family on the Saturday because I got away with not spending X and Y and Z for three months. But I don't know. I think I think you're seeing an early pattern, aren't you, of people, like you say, tearing into Primark and wherever it is to to get back on the gravy train, I guess. But I do think we, 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 with things like, I mean, I, I, I spend a lot of my time working in London and, and, and it is weird, you know, if I get off the train, I walk to where I work, you know, I uh, headphones go on, and and I like to think of myself as a, a pretty friendly person, but I do find that like I walk with almost a, you know a a pace which is like right, I've got to be somewhere, you know, and 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 I kind of get caught up in that, and you see everybody else kind of that you know the same, you know, he's being self-involved, he's thinking right, I've got to be here at this time, I've got to do this, is really important, and. But what I find really interesting is that, and it doesn't happen very often because people don't interact like that, in, in certainly in London, is if I was walking, you know, with my with my kind of headphones on and my head down, just thinking, right, fucking, I've got to be here at this time, I've got to do this. If someone's walking alongside me and sort of just tapped me on the shoulder and went, hey, you doing, mate, you all right? It'd break me from that mindset in an instant. Yeah. And, I'd, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm good, you all right? Yeah. What are you up to? And like, and wouldn't it be a, the world would be a better place if that happened more often, yeah, wouldn't of course, it? Yeah. Like because I know, I know it sounds ridiculously hippie and dumb, but it, 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 you, everybody just so self-involved and 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 just caught up in this kind of mindset of have to be here, there, that, like, you know, you know, don't talk to anyone on the train, mm. you know, and people are like pushing down and tutting and. But you, if anybody at any given point taps you and just goes, "Sorry about that," you're right. You don't instantly go fuck off. <laughs> you instantly, you instantly just go, oh sorry. Yeah, of course, like, yeah. So you're you're right. Yeah. And it's like you're back. And it, I'm back. You're back in yeah. the room. And yeah. it is. I'm back in the room. And yeah. it's like, why does that exist? Why why do you get your kind of your you know your your, your daily grind face on? And I think, and I think because it is. 
you've nailed it with the. T- I think it's time, Stu. I think that we're so the productivity of everything, as you mentioned, the economy. We're so efficient now. Everything's so efficient, and we've got so much reach. You know, because as you mentioned, on that train where no one's speaking to each other, we're all looking for some kind of connection because everyone's swiping and feeling connected to things. But we're in our physical. These yeah. are like the avatars now. This is like your avatar. This bit, isn't it? It's like you. Yeah. You're actually. At, it's all actually happening in the screen and in the thing. But yeah. actually, you're sat next to people, and like you say, boom, back in the room. Oh yeah, all right, mate. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I think it feels like we're so efficient that that's programming us now and. I think again, this lockdown—not to stay on the lockdown for too long, like because I'm sure everyone's fucking bored to death—but we are coming out of it. And I think in this lockdown, for me, and sounds like similarly for you, like having time, slowing everything down, recognizing your neighbour, the run, the dog walker—you know, just that's really useful. Will we take any of it forward? Hundred and ten percent. Hundred and ten percent, Sam. It's. It's so weird. Um, about two days before lockdown was, was kicked in, um, uh, like I said, I, I was flying around town doing things for the magazine and then getting back and then obviously doing the clubs and and, 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 and just spinning a lot of plates because I, I think when you work for yourself, it's very, very hard to, when an, any kind of opportunity presents itself, to go, no, nah, I'm all right, thanks. You just, you, you're so used to kind of building things from you know, grassroots of having not a pot to piss in. And so, you know, you just think, all oh, right, no, I'll, yeah, I'll be able to do that. I'll find time. And it, and it got to the point where, you know, I'm 47, but I forever feel like I'm 21. And and it just got to for the first time in my life, I just thought, I need to listen to my body a little bit here because I'm getting really fucking weird chest pains. Mm-hmm. And like, and this is quite strange. And, uh, and so I spoke to my, to, 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 to my wife and I was like, look, I, I don't want to freak you out, but I'm just getting like pretty mad chest pains, and like, and and I'm working a lot, you know, and and I'm trying to spin too many plates, I think. So I might go and get myself checked out, and uh, and so I went, <laughs> I went to the doctors, and I was like, look, this is kind of how I'm feeling, and he was like, right, okay, do you want to just talk me through a week? And I was like, yeah. So I explained what I'd done that week, and he was like. Mate, you, you need to slow down. <laughs> I fucking, I can tell you that from like, Instagram. <laughs> and like, and he was like, you just need to slow down. And I was like, right. He was like, look at like what you're doing, and look at what maybe you wouldn't have to do if you didn't. You know, what could you maybe you know work smarter at rather than harder? And I was like, right, okay. Fuck me. I mean, I was looking at trying to slow things down. The whole world put the brakes on the next yeah. day and done it for me. I was Fuck like, him. well, that was good timing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so lockdown's been good for that. You know, I've managed to reset, and and I will definitely to to answer what you 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 mentioned a moment ago. I will come out of this working smarter rather than harder, like as we're doing this over Zoom now. Yeah, Zoom has been like a, a, a fucking revelation for me. Do you think no, you'll keep this you know. s- some of this going then for certain guests? Massively, and yeah, massively. Like you know, in regards to the podcasting. I've podcasted with people that I'd never in a million years have ever managed to get to my studio. Yes. Just because, and, and, you know, most of my podcasts, I'm, I'm chatting to musicians, you know, actors, comedians, mm-hmm. DJs. None of them can do their trade. So they're all at home. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and they're missing that, them chats. So it's like, right, okay, so do you want to do it? So it's, it's been brilliant. You know, I've, I've, 
I've recorded enough to get me into February next year. So uh, wow. I'm, I'm well ahead of, <laughs> well ahead of myself. Hell. And you've been pumping so, them out as well. They've been coming out yeah. like clockwork, haven't they? Your Patreon stuff with hardcore yeah. listing and stuff. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come out of there. And, and just things like going into London for a meeting. It's like, you know, I, I, well, so I mentioned I live in Essex. So, you know, I have to get into town, get the train, then get the tube. And, then, and it's like just for a half-hour meeting, it writes the whole day off. And it's like... I'll just do their meetings over Zoom now. And do you think businesses, I mean, it feels like big business is going to sort of take some of that on because why would you have premises with, you know, overheads and fix, if it's working now, you know, maybe people who are on salary, this is another kind of, again, I don't want to go off too deep on it, but it's another thing I've been thinking about with, as you mentioned, people are at home, people are able to be efficient with the technology. So instead of having 60 staff in an office block that requires all of the services and all of the overheads, and people are going in there for their nine-hour shift and they, they can get that work done in four hours, but they've got to fucking drag their asses through the day, go home shattered, as you say, on the tube, on the train. Does it shift, a big business shift it a little bit to kind of price work for those guys and say, right, well, we need this and this and this done this week. Crack on. And you're on your laptop, you might get up at five o'clock in the morning and bash it out by 12. The rest of the day is yours, you know, and you're a happier, more balanced, efficient employee for that. They they haven't got the, you know, does that does some of that happen? I mean, the, the technology is there. So. The technology is there. I mean, to, to draw from some, I mean, I, I, I do a little bit of consultancy work for someone who, you know, he's, he's paying a ridiculous amount of money for his office in, in East London. Um, and I've watched his business. It hasn't dropped in any way, shape, or form over the last three months because he's got good staff that are that are, you know that that, that that enjoy their work and and they've been working from home. And I think I'd be surprised if they went back to that that mm. office at that price. I think there's and I, and that's just a a company that employs maybe 12 people. I, when you start looking at these huge corporations that have got these office blocks all over the, you know, all over the capital, and you just think, well, is your business still doing okay? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. why Why would you, you know, are people happier? I don't know. I mean, it is weird. Like, as much as I, I will definitely start to utilise these remote kind of meetings, I still also do think it's nice especially when you podcast to be in a room with someone that's and, the and, flip and isn't it the, yeah yeah you know yeah. it's nice to sort of I, I can see your face and you know uh, but it is nice to be in a room with someone and get their vibe off of their body All language the cues and, and yeah just the and energy of yeah. course yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah definitely definitely so yeah i don't know crazy times sam it crazy certainly time, is man. well i wanted to dig in and again for for listeners long time listeners of this short little podcast history January, we got up and running. Um, you guys, yourself, Chris, obviously Scroobius, Pip, the Distraction Pieces Network, as I've said to you, in, I think we mentioned it on your podcast and in chats between us anyway, massive influence on me, massive um, impact in bringing what I was sort of logging into in America and bringing it here. You guys are kind of at the forefront of that and it's been amazing following your journey. And then obviously getting in touch with you guys and then the Pod Bible magazine, you're just doing so much as you've said there yourself. I'm interested to know, I know you're normally on this side of things, asking the questions, you know, and with hardcore listing for people who don't know, it's top fives and it's fucking brilliant. 
You can have just the wackiest, silliest shit, or you can have moments of like, wow, you know. But I'm interested to sort of dig into you a little bit, Stu. You know, like that drive you've talked of, you're always spinning plates, you're always hardworking. You know, what was it like for you growing up then? What was, what was life? Were you were you born and bred in Essex and mum and dad there and everything? And, you know, how did it go? And I know you did music. You got into music pretty early and did well with music. So take us through a little bit of that. Um, I, I, my, my dad was a docker um, in, in Tilbury Docks. Um, and my mum was a, a housewife and um, part-time hairdresser. Uh, and, yeah, had a, a very basic loving working class upbringing um schools i went to didn't really offer any kind of anything aspiration or anything certainly you was never encouraged to kind of look at the arts as any kind of option you know creativity wasn't something that was particularly encouraged i wasn't good at art so that was kind of it for me you know media studies was the year that um i was at school was the first year that media studies was brought in as a a lesson uh and that interested me um and so yeah I, I kind of done that i had no idea what i wanted to be um and and i was a classic kind of in-betweener at school you know i wasn't necessarily good at football uh i wasn't good with the ladies i was a tubby kid and and so you know it's ridiculous you know the, 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 those those lads that a good at football uh, and, and and confident with the ladies, you know, they become the, mm. you know, the, the the lads, the jocks, the you know, yeah. the, the, whatever you want to call them. And and I was never one of them, you know. I never had any grief with them, um, but it, it wasn't me. And 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 throughout the whole of school, I was always more interested. Um, I, I had a friend that went to the same school as Chris, funnily enough, and Chris. Um, went to like a school for, for bright kids, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> big up, big powerful Chris um, Glasson. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I had a friend um, who, who was um, my age that I met when I was five at Cubs. And, uh, and, and, and he, to this day, performs um, as, a, as a kind of one-man comedy music act called Cunt and the Gang. Oh. Um, and, uh, and, and, from a very young age, he didn't give a shit about what you was meant to do, and he done what he thought would be good. N- not not at anyone's detriment. He wasn't an arse in any way, but he was his own man. And and I've always really been fascinated by people that are their own man and don't want to fit in with them people. Don't want to necessarily be one of the cool kids like that. And I wanted to be one of the cool kids. Of course, I did. I wanted to get on. I wanted to have you know. I wanted to meet a girl and. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be better at football, but I couldn't do any of that. But when I started kind of spending more time with him, he didn't go to my school. I was just more intrigued by that. You know, he he would design his own. He bought these pens and would like draw his own t-shirts, and and he would like, you know, he had a, a tiny little like a Casio PT one, like a twenty pound like keyboard, and he'd be like, right, can we sing some songs over this? And like, and we'd just write like novelty songs, and and you know, we'd be like ten and. And I used to just get more excitement out of being around him mm. and him having... I look back and realise he was like an absolute creative powerhouse. Yeah. And I always wanted to be around that. And I still want to be around him. And uh, I'm, I'm hanging out with him tomorrow night. And he's still 
Oh, he's got ferocious energy, hasn't he? He's got ferocious energy. It's incredible. It's incredible. You know, he's one of the brightest people I know and could have literally have probably been a very, very wealthy man, you know, in some kind of smart, smart guy job, but, you know, chose to pursue the things that made Mm. him laugh. Happiness. uh, Completely that. And and that would be something that, you know, I align that in Scroobius Pip, you know, and, and there... I like to be around people that kind of inspire me and and get me fired up to to want to sort of better myself and trying to and so yeah I've I've always felt like um I guess imposter syndrome you know I yeah. think that's something that 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 I always felt growing up I never because you're not ever you know I'm not saying I had a hard childhood in any way shape or form I didn't um I had a, I had a great childhood but was never really pushed hard academically you know I didn't particularly get good exam results in anything um and I wasn't you know I I couldn't play any instruments I couldn't draw you know I didn't know what I was going to be uh and so yeah I kind of left school and went to college and become a (laughs) become a qualified mechanic really Um, I didn't know that (laughs) I didn't know that bit don't ask me to change your tyre, Sam. Okay. Honestly, like I wouldn't know how to change a hubcap, mate. Well, it's but, changed um, a lot now. You need an app, don't you, now to do anything in a yeah, car? Yeah, exactly. Diagnostics. So I come, yeah, but um, but I guess yeah, come out of school not knowing what the hell I was going to do, uh, and and that, you know you don't know who you are at that age either, and and I was still kind of yeah i don't know do, do you want me to sort of carry on with where, with where my head was at yeah at totally point? yeah because i'm like i say for me and i'm sure i mean i've had a lot of messages from people who heard my um episode on your podcast and i've had some lovely messages and they've dived into my podcast and i'm intrigued because you talk yourself down a little bit there about not being you know necessarily in the academic stream or but what you have got is for me which is something i'm trying to integrate more into me because i probably did fall a little bit into the jock side of things and football and you know all that stuff and as i've gotten older i'm trying to bring in more humility and like i love it when i'm around people like you and i got this from when i met you the first time in physical world you know and i felt it from you in the podcast as i'm sure listeners to this podcast will you know just a genuine there's a selflessness and a and a, and a um just a, a genuine feeling but you you what you have got is that you've got that go-getter you're not afraid to go into the unknown that's what i read from you you know you're afraid you're prepared to get your sleeves up and crack on and get after stuff so you know yeah i think that's really important and that prevails in the end and and what's interesting about that is i was talking i was talking to pip about this a little while ago and and it's really weird because it's all been an absolute huge blag because <laughs> because because when I, I look at it and i just think right i'm a qualified mechanic right i i literally i, I mean yeah would that have been would, ago, would that I, would that have been like a yt thing well you would have been uh, yt I've, then? I, I've, I've got a city and guilds okay um so I mean the thing was we considered moving to Australia a few years ago and that qualification could have got me in really? which is incredible because I wouldn't know what the fuck to do with any car like <laughs> bureaucracy for um, you that isn't it like uh, it really is um but yeah and and so I was a qualified mechanic but I wouldn't know anything about cars you know I had a record deal in a band that I played in I can't play any instruments properly you know I was a singer in a band for 7 years I can't sing 
Well, don't, let, let's not let's not gloss over that, Stu. Let's. How did that come about? So you come out of school. Uh, you're a mechanic. You're getting into music, and you are encyclopedic with your music. You you are a music lover, aren't you? you? There's not a lot you don't know about UK music from when you've been alive. I'm obsessive. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very obsessive over that. And and that, if I said I had a skill, that's the only skill I say I've got. Well, like I'm a, I'm an anorak for for music. So how did you? You, uh, you mentioned we with Conant and the gang, you were messing about on the keyboard at like 10, 11, messing about. So did that? How did you sort of weave into the band, and how did all that get going? Well, we um we 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 would also go to sort of boot sales and and just like buy so much vinyl, like just seven-inch singles, going back to, you know, this would have been around 89, and, and we would be buying all the synth-pop stuff from the early 80s. And, you know, we was obsessed with kind of infectious synth-driven pop music, and that was something that, you know, to this day I still adore. And then uh, around 88, 89, um, I, I think also... Bands that I was into that, that still had echoes of that, like New Order and Depeche Mode and things like that, all of a sudden started making music again and it was dark and it was like, oh, this is interesting. Um, and then at that point, it's such a fucking cliche, Sam, but I, I saw the Stone Roses on top of the Pops and I was like, fucking hell, mm. how cool is this guy and why does this sound like nothing I've ever heard before? And, and he was watching Fool's Gold on, 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 on top of the Pops and I was like, right, okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I need to find out more about this, and then just kind of got more and more obsessed with with alternative music and alternative culture, and that's when I first went to my club, and and I went there as as a customer, and I walked in, and I walked in, and they were playing a song called "Groove with Mr. Blow" by Mr. Blow, which is like a, an instrumental track of a harmonica. It's an amazing song. You know, it used to get played a lot in the sort of northern soul clubs and stuff, and. And I was like, and I looked around that club, and there was, there was people like dressed like Robert Smith. There was people dressed like Morrissey. There was like this was been like ninety ninety one. Loads of guys in shorts with dreads and that were into like Wonder stuff and Pop Elite itself and and that kind of what we we called a Grebo scene then. And and there, and there was just like there was just so many different colourful types of people. And up until then, I've been trying to hold my own in these clubs where you had to wear trousers you know, and a shirt and, you know, drink bottles of, you know, lager and, and, and you know, and at some point go and ask a girl to have a slow dance at half past, at half past one to get here now by Alita Adams. And it was like, fucking hell, like, <laughs> I, I, I'm not enjoying this. I'm not enjoying this. It's like, you know, and then I go there and everyone's wearing whatever they fucking want and they're all throwing each other around the dance floor, and when they fall over, everyone's rushing to pick them up. Mm. And I was like, the, the, "Oh, this is, this is a bit of me. Like, I like this." And and it and it did. It just going in that club changed my whole life. Like, and well, and isn't just, it isn't it beautiful that to this day you that very spirit though is what you kept alive in there. And it is. And every Friday night, I miss, I miss walking in that club and not getting that magic because I've had it, but I like standing on the front door of that club and watching people come in yeah. and get that magic, yeah. you know, uh, because it's so weird. You know, I, I stand outside and, and I talk to, you know, I call them kids, kids that are like 21, just going, yeah, but, you know, like back in the day at the club. And I was like, <laughs> back in back in the day is like three years ago to them. 
and it's like and it's brilliant because yeah. that's their their yeah. formative moment. That was their you know that was their and it's like and I love that mm. and and yeah and I, I think from that that moment, um, me and 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 the guy from Cunt again. I won't say his real name because he'll kill me. Um, and 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 yeah, we 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 started kind of putting a band together to to sing the songs we wrote when we were ten, and so. We, you know, we we found a guitarist and, and a drummer, and just when we was all at college, you know, and this was when I was studying mechanics, and so it was a very strange time, Sam, because like, all, I'm taking nothing away from the lads in my mechanics class; they were top top boys, but we <laughs> we would sit there and like, you know, be talking about clutches or whatever stuff <laughs> in cars, <laughs> and uh, and I was just thinking, oh, I bet no one in here's heard of the Smiths. And like, and uh, <laughs> and then it was so weird because we'd be queuing up to go into our, our lesson, and we, uh, the corridor to the mechanics place was on the same corridor that the art block and the fashion block was down the end. And I'd see these beautiful girls dressed in like really kind of cool alternative clothing walking past, and I was like, they wouldn't look to the left because we was all in overalls, and you know we weren't their bag. But I was like, and I just kind of wanted to sort of reach out and go. I'm one of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I, you know, and, and, but don't get me wrong, but then it'd get to lunchtime and then every lunchtime I would go and hang out with my other mates that were studying stuff like art and, and yeah, and then we, 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 we put this band together and, and we played our first gig at that college in the lunch break. So what, um, what was your, then, what were you doing in the band show? What were your, what was so, your, uh, uh, well, the band was called Serious Problem, and and the, and the, the singer was me and, and the guy from Company Gang, mm-hmm. um, and then there was a yeah a, a, a stack of other musicians in there, and yeah, and then I, I remember playing this gig, and it, there's a really funny photo of it. I'll send it to you afterwards, Sam. Mm-hmm. And there's like, I mean, the fact that we was at a college common room in a lunch break playing these songs. I mean, the, the, one of the songs was called Take That Our Cunts, and like <laughs> you know, so that that. <laughs> wank mag and like oh, you know so it, it, it gives you an idea of the nature of like where we was at with it you know it's very viz yep. and uh and and yeah and it, it what's brilliant is that there's there's probably about 300 people in this space all watching and you can see all that everybody's laughing and if you look to the far corner there's one girl standing there with her arms crossed looking thoroughly unimpressed i know that looks so well right that was my wife. <laughs> Carol. <laughs> I didn't know her. And like, um, and it was only like, f- fucking hell, like years and years later when I saw that picture, I was like, fucking hell, that's you. She was like, oh God, yeah, that was you. That was shit. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's beautiful. Isn't that beautiful though? That's, oh, yeah, kind, that's, that's kind of beautiful, isn't it, really? Yeah, she, it's, it's, it's weird, yeah. She wasn't impressed then. She's just like, not having it. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, and then and and it, and it all kind of from that moment of just doing that little gig, it just walked off. It wasn't a stage; it was on the floor. Just you know, walked outside <laughs> for you know a fag or whatever it was. Yeah, and I remember just thinking, "Oh my god!" Like I've just played Wembley. Like you know, we are mm. we're gonna be so famous now. Yeah. And like obviously, you know, God knows how fucking dreadful that must have sounded. But um, the, the gig, uh, as much as my you know my my. My, my, the, the conversation we was having afterwards, like, yeah, this is it, lads. You know, we're, we're going to smash it now. You know, 
but but they're the best days. You've been in bands, have you? Yeah. Know it? They're yeah. early first gigs are the oh. best things ever because it's all to be played for, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and, like, and you're so naive. And there is something I think it, 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 it almost comes back to what we were chatting about with lockdown earlier about when a collection of people are kind of there and they want to, to see the thing or hear the thing, you know, they're there to see it and you do something and whether arms are folded or not, there's there's something happening, isn't there? There's an exchange. And when you're 100%. young and you're naive and you've, you've, you've held that attention, you know, and people have got something from it, that's fucking, there's something in that. There's something in the bodies in the room, in, the, in that moment that hasn't been captured on film or whatever, just that thing there. Yeah, that that is amazing. I remember I remember it well. And I think how many young lads or young girls have had that conversation where they come out that first rehearsal, that first gig, and like, this is fucking it. This is it. This is it. We are, we are. And you need to be like that. It has to be like that, doesn't it? That's the magic. Oh, that is the magic. I still come out of meetings and podcasts and, and, and have them thoughts yeah. still. You yeah. know, that excitement, yeah. you know. And and yeah, I guess from that moment, it, it did actually kind of move quite quickly. Like all of a sudden, I, I lost, I lost my weight. You know, I, I lost the, the kind of weight, and and then all of a sudden, I'd started a little alternative night, um, like DJing, and and I was starting to sort of get attention from girls, which I'd never had. I was such a late developer there. You know, I would have been like nineteen, and and all of a sudden, you know, I was getting like, you know, I've got a girlfriend, and I was like, wow, this is this is mad, um, and. And yeah, and and the guy from Count and the Gang went off to do like serious music for a bit, and uh, and then we we kind of started to really sort of focus on what we could do as a band. And as much as it was quite novelty based, we ended up kind of getting a really good guitarist, and then we got a guy called DJ Destruction in, who's the world, who was the UK mm. DMC Scratch Champion. Powerful. And uh, and then we started to kind of hone it a little bit, and. And then it all of a sudden started to kind of come together around the time of like, you know, the beasties and things like that, that we kind of was doing something different and, and we was actually a tight band. So that was that was quite strange. And and, and and I got quite confident then because, and I started to really like being a bit of an, I guess I was an attention seeker for a bit and, and, and enjoyed that attention because up until then I was just, a bit of an in-betweener and the mm. fat kid that couldn't, that couldn't, you know, get a girlfriend and stuff like that. And I will stress again, that weren't, I weren't unhappy. Yeah. Um, yeah, just but, aware. Um, I mean, and, and it's almost like yeah. that, that's coiled energy as well, isn't it? So when you, yeah. when you do look around a rehearsal room or, and you think, fucking hell, this is tight, that, that feeds, mm. feeds you anyway. I mean, look at people like Ian Curtis, totally. you know, he's just, when you're there and that energy fills you, 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 you do elevate, don't you? You can elevate when it's totally. tight. And it, and it just kind of went, you know, all of a sudden we was playing like good gigs, and obviously we, we, we're like literally sort of, you know, twenty five minutes away from London, so we had access to go in and play like regular gigs, and and we played a gig, uh, um, a place called the George Roby, which is long gone in, in Finsbury Park, I think it was, um, and we got approached after that gig um, by this guy that said he was the Ents manager at um, University of London Union, like Yulu, and he said, "Look, I think this is really good. Um, I'd like to manage Um and we was like, okay, do you, you know, what, what have you managed anyone else? And he was like, yeah, I'm, I managed back with Swade. Oh, I like, okay. wow. And um, were you aware and, of Swade at that time, I guess, yeah? Uh, not at that point, no. no. Like, they hadn't broke through. Right. Um, but but that, that guy was Ricky Gervais. Um, and so um, Rick ended up 
managing us for a couple of years and then you know he wasn't famous then no one knew well a lot of people that i talked to don't know that ricky himself had a a, had a bit of a stint as a pop star didn't he and then even very handsome man yeah and lesser known that he he went on to do stuff like that with you guys so were you an iteration of serious problem again or what what band were you at that point that was that was serious problem yeah. yeah and uh and so all of a sudden we started sort of yeah playing like more sort of i guess serious gigs although the, the you know the novel the, 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 it was really weird because the the, the idea that w- what we used to do was just play off the crowd you know we'd get in loads of like slaggy matches with a crowd and and we'd encourage it and and it, you know and we'd just dig people out and and, and it, <laughs> no, not with malice at all no, part, you know? part of the, the i guess the energy of what you're doing yeah and, and it was it was completely that and and like you know, I guess because there was a lot of comedy to the the music, I, like a comedian will, will will start working his way through the crowd, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but then we, we we got a showcase. Ricky organised this showcase for us to um to play to a record label. And we're like, right, okay. And it was called and it was Gut Records. It was and I think they signed St Etienne and maybe right said Fred. I can't think who else. That like, oh. but we, we we was like, oh right, wow, yeah, we're gonna get a record deal and. And then it was like, can you do a gig like in two days' time? Like, and it was like, oh, okay. And well, uh, and normally we book like coaches and that, and bring loads of people onto these shows. And so we done it last minute, and it was at the um, oh, what was it? Walthamstow? I can't remember what the ve- it was the venue Walthamstow was called. Anyway, we um, the standard in, in Walthamstow, and I said, look. We ain't gonna be able to bring a crowd. He went, "Don't worry about it. The other bands will be there, like you know, play to their crowd, which is a dog move, you mm. know." But um, and I and I used to hate it when other bands would do that to us. But it was like, look, we've got two days. We can't arrange buses and stuff like that because, you know, we just didn't it's have a big fun. Job, anyway, yeah, 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 and uh, and so we got there, and the other two bands cancelled on the day, so there was just us, and there was nine people in my band, and there was just Ricky. And the two guys from the record label standing there and no one else in there. And we'd sort of finished the first song and was like, um, uh, 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 fucking state of your air. And then just started ripping the two guys from the record label because we had no one else <laughs> to have a go at. <laughs> staying true, staying true to the blueprint. And like, don't get me wrong, we was... <laughs> We was punk as fuck, but maybe a bit too punk to get a record deal with Gut Records because I remember they must have just walked out and gone, fuck me, that's never happened before. The band yeah. that are normally trying to impress us yeah. absolutely ruined us. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we, we never got a record deal. But um, but yeah, it was... Uh, how was yeah, that, Stu? So, how was it trying to get rehearsals together with nine people? It was, it, well, it, it's really, I, I guess me, it fell on me. Right. It fell on me as as the kind of one that was the least talented in the band, but the most driven, and so it would be me that would be doing that constantly, yeah. and that's that's something that kind of has been everything that I've done up until probably we're still going on. In, Do you know what? As well. That chimes just the same with me. That chimes just the same with me. I just did a podcast the last one that went out with a old friend of mine. We were bands together from being kids, and. I kind of joke with him on the podcast, same thing. Like I was, I had no right in being there, to be honest. I was just, I was like the footballing kid, you know, quite a confident kid. And I was like, I'll sing, you know, 
and just totally blagged it. But I had the drive, and I think that drive, people recognise that, and you know, and over the time I managed to turn a bad tune of mine into a re- something reasonable, you know, um, with some reverb and what have you. But definitely the drive, and I think again the same as you. Like I've managed to utilise that in whatever I'm doing. You know, I'm not really great at anything other than just like believing okay we'll pick it up turn it around have see what it does have a go and you know and if it don't work put it back down try the next one yeah yeah and and and, and i remember like always thinking if this band don't work i don't want to be that guy in five years time going oh we were better than them mm. it's like i you know i just want to be able to go fuck me we gave that 110 and like, and it didn't work. weren't meant to be. Mm-hmm. On to the next thing, and and that's that. That's kind of where I get a lot of closure, and 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 the and then that starts the excitement for what's next. Yeah, and like, and, totally. and, and you know, I've never been one hung up on like, why didn't that work? I think you know, that's just a waste of fucking energy. Was there a point then? Was there a point where you sort of hung your band life gloves up? Did you come to well, that point, yeah, or uh, did you carry it, on? It doing was really bits? well. That 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 band kind of went. It, it was really weird. Like the guitarist joined the prodigy. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and and yeah, so it, it all kind of went. We we all, I think we all wanted to make serious music. Yeah. And 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 yeah, and I, I kind of found myself in a strange place. Then I kind of was uh, starting to. I, I kind of when the band finished, I was a little bit lost. I was DJing at the club that I, you know, I've been DJing at the, 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 the pink toothbrush for a fair few years, um, at this point. Uh, but I then, yeah, I, I kind of, I look back now and I know exactly what it was, but it, it, it was definitely, you know, uh, an eating disorder and, and, and yeah, and, and it bulimia. And, mm-hmm. and then that started to kind of take a bit of a hold on, kind of day to day really yeah every, and, and everything that, i guess encompasses everything doesn't it yeah and it, and it was also something that i guess uh, probably just through the fact that even you know in the in the mid 90s you know it wasn't necessarily massively encouraged to you know for for men to sure. be open with their feelings and things like that and uh, and so and i you know i'd never heard of a man with a eating disorder and I didn't even think I had an eating disorder I just thought you know I was just trying to stay slim by frying up mm. um, and then it was only as that started to kind of just just kind of affect other things that I thought oh right uh, okay this is this is strange and then I started kind of like it all happened at once really like um, the, the, the person that was always the one that you know taking nothing away from my folks but they were always like you know, get yourself a trade, which are done, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, is there going to be, you can be able to make a living with all this silly music stuff and, and me nan was always like, look, just do what makes you happy. Nans uh, always save the day, don't they? In yeah, of course, man, of course. Um, and yeah, and then, then basically, literally, uh, it, yeah, in, 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 in the September of 95, my nan died, I got dumped, Oh. And 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 the band split up, oh. so it just kind of uh, was a bit of a fucking yeah. wafty like couple yeah. of months. But I just thought, right, well, okay, well I'm going to start writing about it. And so 
you know, textbook kind of things, you know, I've had my heart broken, I'm going to write some, some miserable love songs. And, and I did. And, mm. and it was really, really helpful. Mm. And, 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 and yeah, and then ended up sort of putting together a band with some, some people that I knew and, and, and I was going to write the songs and I was going to sort of play keys and, uh, Never played a keyboard before, but I thought it's got to be the easiest thing to play. So <laughs> I love that. I buy a keyboard and uh, and and, uh, and and yeah, and I, I used to buy a, a black eyeliner pencil and I'd write the CD note, yeah, yeah. G yeah. On, on all of them, yeah. uh, which proved to be a problem as as the you, you know, get all the, sweaty in the club and yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, then I was in all sorts of bother then, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but. But I, I literally, we, we put this little sort of three-track demo together, and uh, and and I, at the time, Ricky had just got the job uh, at the new XFM radio station, <laughs> and so I went up to see Ricky and was like, "Have a listen to this. This is like my new band," uh, and he was like, it's, "This is all right." And because uh, I think I don't know what he expected it to sound like coming from. Yeah, because yeah, I get it's a world apart. I imagine. Yeah, and you know, this was way more kind of serious you've still got this stuff you've still got this stuff yeah 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 got a few bits oh, you'll yeah. have to send me some bits and, uh, every time like you have them conversations I just think of fucking League of Gentlemen I just think opening me me drawer with all the cassettes in yeah it's a shit business you know <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd love to hear but, it um, I'd love to hear it yeah. but um, but yeah and then we um, it, 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 yeah that 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 just kind of I, I just pushed and pushed and we got a record deal and and then on yeah, your well, stuff oh, though so that must have been nice after that period of difficulty and you know those things happening in, in 95 there for you to then take that onus on and go do you know what i'm going to kind of without i guess even really knowing it you're going to just do therapy on yourself and just get it out on the paper the confidence that thing we come back to you drive you write fuck it i'll do it i'll just fucking write the notes on the keyboard i'm i'm up for it you know for you to be the songwriter and just create it from the inside out and then get that record deal that must have been that must have been nice that must have been a good feeling yeah i think so but like you know it's that imposter thing you know you you just always think like i'm blagging this Mm. i'm fucking blagging it and but aren't we all pip must even feel that don't he Aren't we all oh, feeling definitely, that? Oh, definitely, definitely. It's I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's an Essex thing, <laughs> like, but um, but yeah, and it, and it just, you know, uh, when you know, you look at the bands that were putting records out there. I just thought I could never, never like make a record. It's like a rich that, time, you know? man, wasn't it? You're going into and like pop era, yeah. Right? yeah. It, that was just the tail end of that. Yeah, it was coming out of that, and acoustic guitars were showing up. You know, it was Travis, Turing Breaks, okay. Embrace. It was kind of more around then, um, uh, sort of OK Computer era. So what were we like, 98, getting on that way, 97, 98? Yeah, 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 it, it would, would have been 98, I think. And and yeah, and then, you know, all I ever sort of said was like, I want to do one tour and like, and I don't care where we play, I just want to get in a van with my mates and do one tour uh, and I want to get on the radio and I want to get on the telly like once. And we got, at the time, Bob Geldof was at XFM and he gave us record of the week. Ah, oh, wicked. And then, and then we had a, we had a, like a Renault traffic van, like minibus. And we, we, we managed to do three tours, like just playing all the kind of toilet circuit to two men and a dog every night. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sleeping on floors, sleeping in the van. You know, we had worked out we had a budget of about five pounds each a night. 
and then we also realised that Obbins were doing two bottles of wine for a fiver, so we'd have a <laughs> bottle before we went on, <laughs> and then we'd have. It, we only drank white wine. We weren't we weren't we weren't cool enough to drink red wine, and, <laughs> and so we'd we'd walk off stage, and then the the second bottle of two pound fifty wine would be warm, and we'd take turns in when we try and gulp it, holding each other's shoulders to steady him because you drink it, it'd be yeah. like oh your shoulders would shudder because yeah. it was so rank. Oh man. Uh, uh, but yeah, and then we got on this really weird um, kids' TV show, and and yeah, and then like, and basically we ended up like we done some, we did do some really fun stuff. We played with some great bands, and we had the best time ever. And we put an album out, and we we, we you know we put out a couple of VPs, and then I remember it vividly. We 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 went to play at the Monarch, um, not the Monarch, the um, what's the one next to the, the Forum? I can't think what it's called. Uh, the Bull and Gate, and we went to play at the Bull and Gate, and we was playing with this band from Bristol called Halo, and uh, and we was backstage, and we about three weeks before we played Club Iver back, and if there's any Welsh people listening, I pronounce that wrong, I apologise. Um, and we played there with a band called Terrace, and they didn't have a bass player; they had this guy in this like little sort of like three o three thing, and I remember watching them thinking, "Fucking hell, they're good. This is this is like." <laughs> incredible like and it made me feel a bit old right and it made me feel like my music was you know it'd be like i don't know it'd be like watching radiohead and then you put your album on and you've and it's the script yeah do you know what i mean yeah. it's like yeah and I, and like and i remember seeing <laughs> that's, a, that's a great <laughs> <laughs> sorry any script fans out there oh. um but yeah, and I just watched this fucking performance as well, and I was like, "Holy shit, this band's incredible!" And but I knew we was tight as fuck, and and I knew we were we were all right. And I, and I remember sort of we was all a bit quiet in the van that night on the way to I think wherever we went after fucking uh, Cardiff, probably Bath. And and I remember just thinking, "Oh," and starting to doubt yourself, you know, your abilities, and that's when the imposter thing comes in. Yeah. It was like. Uh, and then that band Terrace got the cover of the NME, and 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 they were going to be this huge thing. And I don't know what happened, but they were, f- were fucking amazing. Right. And uh, and then we got to the Bull and Gate to play with this band from Bristol called Halo, and they went on to get signed by Sony. And uh, and then backstage, we was drinking our bottle of wine each, and they were practicing harmonies. <laughs> Yeah, I've had that moment. And I, <laughs> and I remember just thinking, fucking knobs. Like, what fucking un-rock and roll is that? And we were far from fucking the Gallaghers, do you know what I mean? We yeah. were pretty normal people. But I remember just thinking, fucking that don't look like fun. Like, literally just standing there with bottles of water, like, doing harmonies. Mm. And then we went out and played, and then they come out, and I just literally watched that gig, and I was like, they made the music... I wanted to make, right. but wasn't good enough to be able to make. Got you. And so that night, I just went, oh, "I'm done, lads." So like, like that's like I, a profound moment when something like that happens. It, it, it was, it was just like every sound that I wanted to put in a record, everything I wanted to do, mm. but the fact that I wasn't a good musician, and, and none of us were good enough, really. We, we was all like the, the other rest of the members were musicians, but didn't really have the ideas and couldn't voice yes. them ideas. That would be more me. Yep. And and I just realised 
the, uh, we were never going to be this band. So I was like, look, let's let's knock this on the head. And uh, while we, while we've had a blast, and mm. and and I, I got on the radio, I got on the telly, and I put my album out and done me tour. And, and I was you, like, yeah, you got that piece. From I it. can put that to bed. Yeah. you know, and yeah. like no one remembers us. No one, you know. What was that band called, Stu? That one was. Lilo, L Y L O, L Y L O, L Y L O, and uh, and yeah, but like it, it was just, I don't know. It's nice every now and again when I catch up with them and we reminisce, and each time we reminisce, the stories get a little bit more exaggerated, yeah. and you know, <laughs> we were <laughs> we were crazy, yeah. yeah, but um, but yeah, it was it was you know it, that that was something that I'd always just you know loved doing, and and then when that kind of finished. I was like, right, okay, what what am I going to do? Because, like, I don't want to be in a band anymore. And then the the, the guy that owned owns the club went, do you want to run my club? And I was like, okay. And then that was it. I kind of threw myself into running, you know, the the, the club. Um, and and yeah, and then literally met my wife there, and and then. Yeah, I think like so. You, so you and Carol kind of—that's where you sort of got together as well in the toothbrush. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell! That place yeah. is a magical place uh, for you, uh, isn't it? it? It's pretty magical, yeah, and it's magical for a lot of people, Sam. Yeah. It's like you know the amount of people that have had wedding receptions in a nightclub that have just turned up like in wedding dresses with like Doc Martens on and just come in and gone right. We've done all this bit. Can we just fucking lose our minds now? And it's like, yeah, cool. And like, and we've had people still coming back like every year for their anniversary. You know, people that I mean, I'm 47, and there's people come back that are older than me that are just like, you know, and the amount of people that come down with their kids. It's like, I mean, Dad ain't been down here since he was like 20. Like, wow. it's it's it is a magical place, mate. And is there is there a doc, there's a documentary, isn't there? There's a documentary. Mm-hmm. What's the doc- yeah. Aiden? Just jot this down. What's the documentary? How do we find a documentary? <laughs> It's uh, if you go on YouTube, it's called Pink Toothbrush Thirty. Pink Toothbrush uh, Thirty, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was made by um, the guy that um, uh, makes all the Pips videos, um, right. uh, Tom Coles, and uh, and yeah, oh, me and that's Tom, right. yeah, yeah, excellent. Documented it, and and yeah, Pips on there, Phil Jubitz is on there, uh, Nitzareb, uh, the Milk, um, blimey, lo- lo- loads of bands that have. have played there you know and, and grown up in there and, and there's some serious bands played there i think you mentioned radiohead earlier didn't you Aren't radiohead grace right yeah still got the contract on the wall um <laughs> f- 50 quid in a case of beer to support the sultans of ping <laughs> thank you tommy <laughs> yeah. um yeah but i mean when, when it opened like the you know the the, the in-house band was depeche mode like Fucking you know that hell. was uh yeah. they were the residents and culture club played their first ever gig there and yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a it's a it's a good doc. It's ha- worth watching. How's yeah? Well, we're going to link that in. Nathan's making note of that now. Um, what what's it been like, kind of pre pre lockdown, pre pandemic, and all that? What we have seen is like a lot of gentrification and a lot of like streamlining of chains of things like nightclubs and so on. Has it been a job keeping a toothbrush and its identity and its and it's as a as a business, as a standalone business, you know, in recent years, or is it just no? Is it just got its no, it's strong? We've, we're so lucky, Sam. We're so lucky, and um, literally, maybe, I think this year before lockdown, I've done two separate interviews with like BBC Essex and you know and things like that about the fact that because our, our club is probably like ten minutes from Southend on Sea, which is a big town. Yeah. 
uh, famously had like sort of like we have five or six clubs. It's got none now. They've all gone. And like, um, and the nightclub industry is fucked. Mm. And and I'd be really interested to see how it comes out of this. Yeah. Um, and, and when it comes out of this, because we've we've no idea. And and um, just quickly, what, just quickly, Stu, what is the difference between being in a nightclub and being in a shopping centre? I guess maybe a shopping centre could be easier to police. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully people aren't pissed. If you are in, yeah, it, well, if, yeah, if, they you, are, need if, you, are in, if yeah. you are in Lakeside and you're pissed, yeah, you need to have a look at yourself, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of that bit. I didn't think of the inebriation part of it. Yeah, um, um, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it, clubs are hard to manage. Anyway, you know, every weekend, yeah, yeah. you know, like w w without having to sort of try and keep people a metre apart, it, it won't happen, you know, until we won't open until restrictions are, are completely gone. But um, what was I going to say? Uh, um, the, the reason I think that we have bucked it is because every club in Essex, I mean, you know, we're also the, the county that is home to Sugar Hut. So there's lots of clubs like that where... You know, there's there's lots of very well groomed men with tight trousers and and you know done up to the nines, um, and there's lots of fake tans and fake everything actually. <laughs> uh, you know, and 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 that's you know that's the side of Essex that I've never involved involved myself in, mm. but there's lots of places in Essex that 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 go towards that, so it's saturated and just general high street clubbing. You know, generic. Not generic, but just, you know, commercial dance music. Your high street change, your time and envies or whatever they're called, yeah. vivids, elites, all them ones with them yeah. sort of yeah. All of that, you know, they're all fighting over a similar crowd, you know, and they're all constantly trying to stay fashionable. We're the most unfashionable club in the country, mm. but we've got a style. Fashion comes and goes constantly, style remains the same you know you might have wore boot cut skinny jeans blah 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 someone's always wore a pair of 501s yeah. and whenever they wear them they're out of trouble because they're stylish yeah totally. and like and so our unique style of being a bit dirty a bit smelly full of weirdos how about honest fucking just like, honest just an honest it, and it, and truthful it, and it is yeah and you know every all our unique selling points we had this guy Leave a message on um, this on TripAdvisor, saying the uh, the club is full of freaks. It smells. The music's fucking. What is it? The music's fucking loud and shit. And <laughs> I can't think where else it was. He just slated us, and we we're like, Geese just highlighted all our unique selling points. <laughs> and like, so we just quoted it and put it on a load of hoodies what, and t-shirts. Used it for your. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we put it on. It's, 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 use it on all our artwork. Now it's like it's fucking great. It's like you know, we ain't for you, mate. It's fine. Yeah. You know, lots of yeah. people come in and go. Fucking hell, this music's not for me. You know, people, a lot of people don't like really loud guitar music, and some people walk in and just go, it "Smells in here," like you know, it, it, and just turn around and walk straight back out. It's and not it's for like, them, That's is it? Cool. Mm. That's fine. Do you know mm. what I mean? I'm sure lots of the clubs that they go to wouldn't be for me and, and lots of our customers. So you're more than welcome in. Mm -hmm. You know, any everyone's welcome. Wear whatever you want, be wherever you want. You know, we often get said like, well, what about like if I turned up at one of their clubs dressed like this, I wouldn't be allowed in. But they can turn up in their Brentwood outfit, you know, their sugar outfit and walk yeah. straight in. It's like, yeah, but we can't 
stop people coming in for wearing what they want. That's everything that we are. It's like, boo, you want, wear what you want. We need that. Come in. We need that, like, too. Yeah. And if it ain't for you, no worries. Exactly. You know? Take it or But leave some it. people come in and have that moment I had where they just go, oh, this is home. Like, and 30 years later, still there. You Amazing. know, it's like... So you, is, it. is a toothbrush kind of in safe hands as, as we go through this period then? Is it just a case of just waiting for the, for the nod and hoping people yeah. want to still go and, and get messy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's good uh, to you know. know. The, you know, the, the, the news today certainly is that, you know, we're, we're, we're just, you know, we're super excited about when we can open and... Oh, nice and, one. You know, you know, as soon as it's safe to do so, we look forward to it, yeah. So bringing it back around to pod bible and your podcasting and kind of where we're at today you've managed and you know i talk about pod bible pretty much every podcast you know because you guys have been brilliant with me with tudor chat and supportive and we've done our adverts for you and you've put us on bits and bobs it's been amazing um how are you finding that how's that been i bet that was, was that quite scary going into this period because it's only in its second year got to establish itself you mean you've done a couple of crazy deals as well didn't you you know which were great for for pub bible with audible and yeah and we, times. We, we, we've been lucky that, that that early on um yeah it, it just grew out of, a, of of just that necessity of having a podcast and not knowing how to get more listeners so mm. there weren't an enemy or a kerrang which i would have gone to in the band days so i was like well there ain't anything so i said to pip should we try something and he was like, yeah, all right. So, yeah, we put the mag together um, and we put our podcasts out on ACAST. So we had a re relationship with them and they were really, really cool and backed us right from the beginning. And then um, we spoke to Spotify and they backed us. And we launched and we launched with 5,000 magazines that involved me and Pip standing at train stations in London at seven o'clock in the morning, just handing them out. Um and and you know it was it was exciting it felt it felt punk mm. and mm. and new uh and yeah and 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 it, and it helped obviously having you know pip involved and, and i should also say that, that there's three of us there's adam as well you know i shouldn't overlook adam who, who's literally if we didn't have adam it would look like a bag of shit he makes it look really good yeah. my name is um, ad you can find him instagram yeah my yeah. name is ad uh and uh and and and, and yeah and 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 so it it, it 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 seemed to just come along at the right time. Uh and, and I think that was kind of a big part of why it grew quite quickly was just because we had no competition and I think we just got in first. Uh and because, you know, none of us were like super wise and experts on magazines and things like that. I've read a lot. Mm. But uh Well that that itself but, is a change in trade, isn't it? Because print and digital, that whole thing's difficult to Navigate it is, anyway, and, and it and it is, and you know, obviously, you, you're thinking, oh, fucking hell, like print's dead, um, but niche print isn't. No, yeah, um, uh, and then, yeah, it just it kind of grew, and then Audible got involved, and then the Sunday Times said, you know, do you want to put the mags in in the paper? And so we was like, okay, cool, and so we upped it to forty thousand, and and it's yeah, it's but it was a good year, and. Mm. And then literally it seemed to just keep moving up and and then this has happened. And so it was, we're so lucky that, you know, in these times, you know, we've got our, you know, our, our, our backers and our advertisers and thank you, you know, to, to you, Sam, for, for you know, for, for working with us as well and uh, and supporting it. And, and 
and yeah, it's the fact that the Sunday Times is still being printed, meant yeah, the magazine still gets get distributed. Out. Because yeah. if if it was still me and Pip at the train it's station, it's over in it at that point. Yeah, we ain't giving out any magazines there. No. So so we've been really lucky, and we've we've been doing online listening parties. We got one tonight um, on Twitter, and we're we, we're just about to do something to kind of hopefully launch us in in the states. Oh, um, excellent! That's exciting. Yeah, so there'll be some news coming soon on that, and and we've got a, a couple of meetings this week about uh, a, like a, 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 a big event, like which which could be really exciting as well. So yeah, oh, just nice. kind of sort of, you know, it's the thing is with, with podcasting, as you know, Sam, it is it is just fucking punk. It's so punk. It's the, you know, you can be that that dickhead with the 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 fucking letters on your keys of your keyboard and 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 start a podcast, and it's like. I was doing some work yesterday about, you know, because what's weird is because I've got this magazine now, people sort of ask me questions like I'm an expert on podcasting. And it's like, have you heard our call listing? Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> which is brilliant because like, that's your selling point for that show as well, which again is the same yeah, theme course. of everything you've said. It's just like, let's just give it a whirl and put it in and mean it. I love that. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah, and, and it's like, you, you start to kind of, because people ask you so much, like, you know, how you know? How do you start a podcast? You know what? What do I need to record one? You know how do I how do I how do I put it on iTunes? How do I put it on Spotify? And like how do I get people to listen? And it's like there's no rule book yet, you know, because you could have, you know, an audio drama that you spent twenty grand on production putting together, or you could have a podcast, you know, that that, that I record where I sit, a, a, you know, much like you do, you mm. know, sit in a room with a Zoom recorder and a couple of mics and mm. and we're off yeah. and it's like and and so there is no real rule book and I was trying to sort of write that in 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 a in a piece of uh, writing yesterday and and as I was just sort of breaking it all down and looking at uh, you know a, a, a what you could do and how recent all these things are coming in place it, it it does like give me a buzz of excitement as to like fucking hell like where's podcasting going it's like mm. it's just evolving and evolving and like you know live podcasts are like fucking huge now and you know mm. seeing podcast stages at festivals and things like that it's like yeah you know when, when when this all subsides and it's back to you know a healthy normality then i just think we're going to see some incredible stuff come from the podcast industry i think it's going to have a a big impact on radio and mm. and you know but you're, you're seeing you're seeing radios you know networks and that already sort of podcasting yeah and, they're and kind of they're making i mean you look at you look at radio x and that i mean they've basically it's, it's morphing into sort of podcast dynamics isn't it yeah you know the yeah. youtube clips and you know the, sh- the shape of the studio There's, it seems like they're giving them a bit more freedom it feels a bit freer as well yeah and that's the best thing you know because on a podcast we haven't had a conversation before this you mm. know we, we've just come on press record and, mm. and i've literally just wanked off over my own ego for the last hour no, I, I, no. well you listen like i said you you get to you get to peel it out of everybody else and i know i know clips and bits from you know our core listing and piecing it together and as you mentioned we've got the similar there is some parallels which is i think i gravitate towards you as well there is parallels in in the drive and that's reciprocated sam that's totally reciprocated yeah, well, that's i've said cool. that to you on the phone before and we've spoke mm. you know mm. like you know i i like your energy and, and excitement mm. for things and it goes back to to what i said about you know the, the, the people that I grew up with that I gravitated towards were the ones that you know just would be like oh fuck it let's have a go yeah you know yeah, that's and cool. and that's not necessarily just in the creative industry I just think that's in 
anything you know in, in anything yeah. you know and you know that 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 kind of punk ethic mm. i think is 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 everything so with with the podcast then just just sort of knit the podcast bit up here what do you think to the joe rogan spotify deal do you do you, yeah tell me what you think how do you think that plays out do we start seeing other big podcasts you know the adam buxton's the scroobius pits i mean i know you guys are a cast anyway but do we start to see you can only get that podcast i think you, russell brand's only on luminary isn't he i think does what do you think what how does this play out what do you think the future looks like there and why really do you think he's done it as well i think he done it for how much was it I think he did it for a silly money, about hundred and something grand. So it's probably that. But do you think I got a feeling there's maybe some censorship? I think he feels a bit pinned in by YouTube, and you can't say this and you can't show that. And I wonder. He's kind of let slip a couple of, on a couple of podcasts that I've seen. Did a long one with Honey Honey, about four and a half hours, inebriated, pissed up, and he kind of dropped it a couple of times. That like, you know, you'll not be censoring me. That's why I'm at Spotify kind of thing. And I, I kind of thought that. But what do you think it means like for the wider podcast industry? Certainly we know what podcasts are worth now, don't we? Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we should also point out that me and you are not earning like 25 million a year out of our podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Rogan is the, you know, yeah. the top of the tree. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, but I do think like anything, you know, in, you know to, to take it back to punk again, and you know you, you you sign to an indie label like Creation Records because you know you're, you're excited by their drive and their excitement and belief, and then sooner or later, Creation Records signs so many fucking great bands that Sony sweeps in and buys them. Yeah, and it's like, and I, and I think that's that that will definitely. When I first started doing podcasts, which again, I you know. Me and Chris were just guests on Pips because we were his mates. That's how, I, never that's how I came across you, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so we just started doing it for a laugh. And and then you know, as 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 it started to kind of you know, as we started to take it a little bit more seriously, um, not the content, but just you yeah. know the, the 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 approach to it and 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 seeing some value in it. Like what's really nice is in the podcast industry is the fact that. Uh, uh, most levels, no money exchanges. It's not like, right, Sam, will you come on our call listing? You know, here's 250 quid. Yeah, appearance it's fees like, and travel. And and like, and, yeah. And it, it, there's just, there's lots of really goodwill. Like when you're in a, a, a an unsigned band and, you know, can I borrow your drums? Can mm. I borrow your amp? If you, you know, can we kit share? Can we do this? And, you know, share a back line and things like that backline not line and then um <laughs> and like and 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 yeah and all of them things like that ele- that that goodwill is what i've experienced in podcasting but i'd be crazy to say when we start seeing podcasts like rogan being bought for such incredible amounts of money you know you are seeing lots of spotify owned podcasts now lots of bbc sounds bought podcasts yep. you know Audible originals, you know, like mm. look at the stuff on Audible. You know, we're about to see the Alan Partridge podcast. Yes, and the people do nothing podcast, you know, and but they're behind that paywall. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so, I, I have mixed feelings on that because I was I was speaking to a company the other day, um, uh, and basically the, the the company owns a big platform in uh, America and China, 
and they're saying in China, you know, with with podcasts, they they wouldn't in a million years um, expect free content. So they just it's a given that you pay for your you know whatever you you want to listen to your content. Yeah. And I know that sounds media wanker saying content, but mm. yeah, but it's know, what it is, but, isn't it? Yeah. And and but but yeah, and I do all you know, I do think that there should be a value put on your work because, as you know, like it's a lot of work, isn't it? Fucking hell, that's why you I'm know? looking at you. I'm just doing one episode, and yeah, we've added video, and it has like tripled the workload. But yeah. fucking hell, when I think about, you know, and you come back to algorithms, you come back to promoting, we do a little bit of promoting before because we're tiny. So we'll put a clip out, you know, of a video. So it's like the week, the week just on one episode for me, works on like, you know, Monday the audio comes out, you know, and we do the Friday, we do the video. So, for instance, when yours goes out, the audio will go out on a Monday, but the Friday preceding that will be the video because we're trying to build the YouTube. So then you've got like this whole week of like, you know, promoting on the Thursday for the Friday video, then Monday is the drop of the audio, and then you sort of send people back or point people back to it, but come Tuesday. Then Wednesday, you you know, we did this podcast, and then you're on to the cycle again, and it goes right around in one week for just one episode for me. And it's like, Jesus Christ, you know, that's it's a, it's a lot of work, especially yeah. with the video now. Um, and obviously yeah. you've got podcasts coming out of your ears. You are, aren't you? <laughs> Literally. I mean, you're on podcast. Yeah. You've got two two solid po- – for three, really, because you do the pod Bible as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just think that the way that it's going and the fact that, you know, because all of a sudden more people know what podcasts are. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still having conversations <clears throat> and we still ensure – the first page of Pop Bible explains to people what is a podcast, how do I listen? Yeah. Um, because lots of people still don't know what they are. But now, you know, you're, you're seeing the production quality of, you know, uh, uh, and, and the ability, you know, the, the, the ideas that can be put together now, you know, under the, the banner of a podcast is, is really changing. And, and, and that excites me. And I think as that industry grows and grows and grows, it's inevitable that, you know, money will become you know, and, and bigger businesses and bigger brands mm. are going to want to be part of it, yeah. you know. Um, uh, it's inevitable. Um, I still think there'll be, you know, lots of smaller podcasts that are doing it, you know, for fun, doing it to keep, you know, keep themselves involved and creating and, and things like that. And, and I think all the time that there's still minds doing that, that will be tomorrow's, you know, tomorrow's big podcast. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, because... Yeah, I, I, I think now there's there's more and more places where you can listen to podcasts. More and more people are like telling their mates about podcasts, and 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 so, and 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 what's good about them as well is the fact that you know people will listen to like a guest on a podcast and go, "Oh, that's cool!" Like, oh, he's got a podcast. I can give that a listen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's it's just a nice nice community thing, and I, and I like that. Mm. I like that. No, it is, and um, I thank your listeners at Hardcore Listed as well because I've won I Am Witch. But I've had, you know, a good handful of people who've come over and said, you know, got caught your episode with, with Chris and Stu, really enjoyed it and I'm going through your catalogue and, yeah, and they've put people to me to have come on here and it's been, and I love that. I love, I do, I love that magic where you just, you're just finding things all the time. Just a quick one that, to finish on podcast. Have you caught Louis' podcast, Grounded, in this lockdown? I haven't, but he had... Um he had the wonderful Gail Porter on. 
Yes, uh, that's right. Yeah, great uh, episode. And uh, and I've not listened to it yet. Is it good? Yeah, really good. Yeah, great. He's just done the ten episodes. Really enjoyed it. Kind of a a slightly looser version of Louis. You know, he's in the house, and you get you yeah. kind of get that feel. And he's been really quite candid and. Yeah, really interesting array of characters. So, yeah, people point to that and, and check that out. But, um, listen, you've been a gem for giving us this time because I know how busy you are and appreciate it, Stu. Um, Sam, always got time for you, mate. No, I appreciate that. And um, so it's, it's, an, it's, it's a real privilege. I don't I don't get asked on many podcasts. <laughs> it was like, when I got the message, I was like, oh, cool. I don't uh, think anyone thinks you've got any time, Stu, to be honest. And if, <laughs> if someone mentions podcast here, you'd be like, fuck off. <laughs> no, it's, Not it's, all, it's, been, Not it's been awesome. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Chew the Chat podcast. Thank you for listening to Chew the Cat podcast. Chew the Cat. I want to do my own work. Go on then. Very angry. So there you go. How was that? What a lovely, lovely gentleman Stu is, eh? Super humble, um, thoughtful, considered, clearly... You know, he's got a solid work ethic and like the rest of us, just likes to keep the demons away by being busy, trying to get something done. I loved it when he talked about, um, you know, just being inspired by people and taking the positives from people. And even if that means thinking what you're doing shit or it's not good enough or it could be better or whatever, instead of like we can do, get our backs up a bit and trying to find ways of justifying, you know, and being more in the negative context, he's, yeah, totally just positive super hard working super friendly you know and I could think I could call him a friend at this point which is really nice we know we have a lot of chats <clears throat> off uh, record and they're lovely so like we mentioned at the end I think he loves his wild swimming I love my wild camping and the cold dips so we're going to combine those two he hasn't been to the Peak District before um, and that's just an hour away from me so maybe we can work that in the future and who knows maybe we'll do a little uh, top of a mountain after a wild swim kind of little video 30 minute pod or something like that would be cool anyway thank you very much to Stu thank you to the sponsors Go Deep Flotation Therapy code word Stu get yourself over there 10% thank you to sponsors Lincolnshire Cryolab.co.uk 10% off code word Stu awesome um, I will get there after my holiday no doubt I'm looking at the holiday to fucking lock down and get back into some kind of a routine um, and next episode is going to be with another powerful lady Sophie Hans, who is aka The Sunshine and The Showers on YouTube and Instagram and so on. Um, she's a long-time friend of my wife, actually, from Newcastle. She's a lovely, bubbly girl who's um, basically taken to YouTube to to share her adventure and her highs and lows with anxiety, depression, and just keeping up with the culture as a young woman in the modern world. Um, so that's a really interesting one coming up. So thank you, everybody. Appreciate it, as ever. Take care of yourselves and one another, and we'll see you on the flip side. Peace.